Welcome to The Common Rounds, medical education for medical students by medical students. Today we'll be discussing chronic venous disease. So chronic venous disease encompasses a large range of pathology and the key underlying pathologies include varicose veins, which is the, one of the most common causes and important causes of chronic venous disease. Other disorders include telangiectasias, reticular veins, and genetic disorders resulting in venous malformation, such as Park-Weber syndrome. Chronic venous disease can progress to chronic venous insufficiency where you get venous stasis, which then results in skin changes and other changes which we'll talk about in the signs and symptoms out of the discussion. Before we talk about the pathogenesis, let's quickly cover the anatomy of the lower limb veins. The lower limb veins are divided into the superficial leg veins, which include the most important, which is the great saphenous, which empties into the femoral vein. There's the small saphenous, which empties into the popliteal vein. And there's also the deep leg vein groups, which includes the anterior tibial vein, which empties into the popliteal vein, the perineal vein, which empties into the posterior tibial vein, which in turn empties into the popliteal vein. The popliteal vein travels to the abductor hiatus to become the femoral vein, and the femoral vein travels under the inguinal ligament to become the external iliac vein. Now, in terms of the pathogenesis of chronic venous insufficiency, let's look at the most important cause, which is varicose veins. Varicose veins refer to dilated, bulging, and tortuous veins greater than 3 mm in diameter. They typically occur in the superficial venous draining veins of the lower limb, and they result from structural and functional valve defects of these veins, which may be due to a previous DVT. It could also result from wall weakness of the veins and high intraluminal pressure, resulting in separation of the valves that generally prevent backflow of blood, and it could also be due to proximal obstruction, resulting in high venous pressure and valvular incompetence. Other contributing factors include obesity, pregnancy, genetic risk factors, and genetic predisposition, estrogen exposure, and prolonged standing. Ultimately, these can result in chronic venous insufficiency, where you get venous hypertension and extravasation of fluids and blood components into the surrounding tissue. So what are the signs and symptoms of chronic venous insufficiency? Most patients can be initially asymptomatic, but you can see lower limb vein dilation, the veins are tortuous, and this predominantly affects the superficial veins, as I've alluded to. Rarely can these veins rupture and cause ulcerations. Patients can complain of a dull ache, throbbing veins and heaviness, but symptoms improve when they raise their leg. It can also be accompanied by leg edema, which can become less fitting in time. Chronic venous stasis can also result in dermatological changes distally, resulting in erythema, hyperpigmentation as a result of hemocytrin deposition, eczema, and lipidermatosclerosis, which is the hardening and thickening of the skin. Patients can also develop venous ulcers, which can have an irregular border and typically are located near the malleoli. Now, in terms of the diagnosis, there are potential differentials that you need to keep in mind, such as deep vein thrombosis, which is more of an acute presentation, arterial insufficiency, particularly particularly chronic ischemic limb, which has a more protracted presentation, lymphedema, cellulitis, and other important causes of pedal edema include heart failure, nephrotic syndromes, hepatic dysfunction and hyperalbuminemia, and thyroid myxedema, which can result in some of the skin changes that we've alluded to. So in general, the diagnosis is made clinically, but you can also use imaging such as Doppler ultrasound to assess for the presence of venous obstruction, venous reflux, and to visualize the presence or absence of venous flow. And it can actually help in differentiating your differentials, particularly DVTs, from other causes. In terms of treatment of chronic venous insufficiency, conservative management is first line. We encourage patients to avoid prolonged standing if they can. We encourage them to use external compression with stockings, starting with a pressure of 20 to 30 millimeters of mercury. Higher pressures can be considered if there's oedema and ulcers present. Lengths of stocking really 
it depends on the extent of venous involvement, but calf length stockings are generally better tolerated. You can also refer them to multidisciplinary wound management team if they have ulcers, and consider pharmacological approaches such as diuretics, which may help reduce edema. But also be cautious because overdiuresis can result in renal impairment. If there's evidence of infections, then we recommend the use of antibiotics. And in terms of surgical and intervention procedures, it's usually indicated if the patient has symptomatic varicose veins, so they're bleeding, there's pain, there's thrombophlebitis, it's cosmetically not peeling, there's tissue changes, and there's failure of conservative therapy. In terms of the approaches, there are the stripping of the great saponous veins and its tributaries, there's sclerotherapy, which is chemical injection into the vein to bring about fibrosis and obstruction, and there's also endovascular thermal ablation, which includes laser or radiofrequency, and this brings about heat injury to the endothelial and the media in the veins, bringing about fibrosis and obstruction. So that's a quick overview of chronic venous insufficiency and the most important cause being varicose veins. If you like our work and want to get involved, please visit us on Facebook or write to us via our website and please rate us on iTunes. We look forward to you guys joining us in our next episode. Our episode today was put together by our executive producer Gautam and our co-editor Cindy. For notes, elective experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on thecommonrounds.wordpress.com or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Rounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.